You're listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Here's your host, Randy Wilson. Hello, R.W. here for Radio Free Rock Bottom, broadcasting from one of the last free zones in... Will you stop that? I told you to mow fairways, and here you sit, fiddling with that radio show again. Now tell the folks about Dryject, and then get back to work. Rock Bottom Country Club is brought to you by... DryJet, the most brilliant greens management method ever. But don't take my anecdotal word for it. There's a whole bunch of heavily experienced superintendents out there advocating DryJet. Today's topic is the failure of leadership in golf and... This is Burford calling Willie. Come in, over. Go ahead, Boof. Oh, yeah, Willie, I'm out here while mowing greens and I think I lost my radio. Did I leave it on the counter? Boof, whose radio are you using right now? Uh, never mind. So, we were talking about leadership. Wait a minute. It's July. Time to hand out the Turpentine Corn Cob Award. That's right. This summer's Turpentine Corn Cob, complete with instructions for installation, is awarded to a Tweety Bird called Alistair Wokenzie for excessive arrogance, lack of common sense, and failure to stand up like a grown-ass man and use his real name. He's another one of those Twitter hiders. How do you know they's a he? Why can't they be women? Have you ever heard of a woman on Tweety who's afraid to use her real name? I guess not. Well, what did Alistair Woke Kinsey win for? He's pushing this idiotic campaign to bring back steel spikes. This Woke Kinsey fella must be so young that he doesn't know the real reason for steel getting banned in the first place. It was never about the spike marks. It was the intense wear patterns inflicted by steel on tender plants and wooden decks and floors and cart dashboards. Now that we're cutting twice as low as we were when steel was first banned, well, a return to steel spikes could lead to significant damage. Plus, we have more drunks now and they can't navigate tile floors on steel high heels. Today we need to talk about the failure of leadership in golf, in this country, and in the world. Have you noticed how angry everyone is? The divide-and-conquer strategy used by the media has served its purpose, keeping folks at each other's throats and deflecting attention away from the truly guilty. How has this happened? Have you noticed the big push to throttle down our language, reducing the words we're allowed to say? Words are how we think. How about the wholesale scrubbing of history? removing any trace of what happened. Ever heard of that before? Both of these strategies were the main points of George Orwell's 1984. Well, there was also that omnipotent screen, but we've had that for years. I guess you already know you've been voted out as Grand Exalted Poobah of the Mystic Order of Greenkeepers. Yeah, now it's going to be run by some guy with no actual superintendent experience who's determined to raise the requirements to be a head greenkeeper. How did we let leadership get infiltrated by office people instead of strong leaders? I remember when my brother's golf courses, originally run by a powerful leader, um, a former combat pilot in World War II, were sold to a corporation and the looting began immediately. First, the corporatist pirates demanded a 10% reduction in budget every year. I did the math on that. And at the 11-year point... Hey, sorry I'm late. I fell asleep on the porch last night, and I don't have no alarm clock out there. What were you doing sleeping on the front porch? Well, Miss Mona's practicing for church choir. I have to sit out there on the porch where folks can see me. That way they know I ain't torturing the cat. Okay, 
All the cups are changed and the bunkers are raked. Excellent. Hey, how'd your date go last night? I ain't never going on a Tinder date again. Some of the angriest women ever lived are on Tinder, and they ain't. Ain't what? Tinder. Hey, hard as woodpecker lips. She kept going on and on about how Hillary should have been the first woman president instead of this one we got now. We've had several women presidents. We have not. Yes, we have. There was Edith Wilson, you know, Woodrow Wilson's wife. By the way, that fellow makes me ashamed to be named Wilson. He was the one that let in the income tax, which was put in because he promised it would never go over 1%. He let in the Federal Reserve, and he tried to hornswoggle us into a global government, and he even dragged the U.S. into World War One. Well, how did Edith get to be president? Well, Woodrow Wilson had a bad stroke about two years left in his presidency, and Edith took over. She was advised by this fella named Colonel House, but she was the real president, because Woodrow wasn't really there anymore, and nobody was allowed to talk to him. Kind of like now? Back then, they didn't say the president says this or the president signed that. They just used the term the Wilson administration. Kind of like now? Hey, they didn't have teleprompters back then, did they? We had other women running the White House and influencing policy when their husbands got sick. There was Eleanor Roosevelt and uh, Nancy Reagan. and They was presidents? Well, the term is the power behind the throne. Oh, yeah, like Hillary. No, no, no. Hillary was actually president. See, she forced Bill to run for president because, you know, I don't think he wanted to. But she convinced him it'd be a good way to meet girls and that'd keep him occupied while she ran the country. Seems like every time I saw Bill, he was running surrounded by Secret Service folks and running over to McDonald's. Of course, he could have been running just to get away from... You know, this last election was strange. The Democrats had the perfect candidate for president, and instead they ran... Who? Who's the perfect candidate? Why, Tulsi Gabbard. Highly intelligent, army vet from the Iraq period. Did you see her in the debates? The only functioning mind on the podium, especially when she ripped Kamala to shreds. Probably the best candidate from that side since 1960, and... And they ended up choosing, you know. Hello, it's a beautiful day at the continual soiree of Rock Bottom Country Club. How may I help you? This is Jessica Muldoon. I got the rough mower stuck out here on number four. Where, where are you stuck? In the lake. I fell asleep, had a dream, I was drowning, and when I woke up, I was drowning. <laughs> Okay, I'll uh, I'll send Ludell over to pull you out of the lake. Am, am I going to have to drug test you? No, I wasn't drunk, at least this morning. But now last night when I crawled in bed, she says, you're drunk again. And I said, how do you know? And she said, because you live across the street. I thought you quit drinking. I did, but my mother-in-law moved in with us. Oh, sorry to hear that. Last night at supper, the old bat got real mad because the dog was just staring at her, and I told her. Don't worry about it. It's just because you're using his plate. Ludell, go over to four and pull Jessica out of the lake. All right, everybody. On your feet. Time for a bunkhouse inspection. You just inspected this yesterday. When I want your opinion, I'll beat it out of you. Now open your wall locker. I'd rather not. Well, you'd better do it. Oh, all right. What is that? That's, uh, that's my fishing rod. Well, she needs to wear some clothes. Boof, your bed ain't made. That's cause I'm still in it. Willie, write Boof up for insubordination. Two days of sling blade duty on the river. Okay, everybody, formation. It's time for chow. 
Today's breakfast is Ludell's Mushroom Burgers. I'm still in therapy from the last time. Purple gnomes and singing fish. And... Let's go. Hey, Booth, the beer cart girl quit, and I need you to run the beer cart. All right, now I have to wear that low-cut blouse. That Murchison fella kept trying to look down my shirt. As I recall, you made $500 that day. I hate Murchison. Just look at him over there. I hate him. You'll feel better after you've had some coffee. Here. There, don't you feel better now? I do feel better. I feel a lot better about hating Murchison. What's that, an air raid? No, when we run out of carts, Mama rings that bell, and kids over in that neighborhood across the highway know we need caddies. You reckon we're out of carts already? Yeah, we only got two running. The other two caught fire. Darn electric vehicle. Hey, why'd the beer cart real quit? Her phone battery died. Hey, Willie, we got a problem with them water jugs again. I thought we quit putting those out. Ah, those sissy golfers wouldn't stop complaining. Said we were trying to kill them by not putting water out. So, what's the problem? I think them water jugs is poison. Somebody stick their towel in the jug? No, I might have used the same hose to fill up the jugs that I used to flush out the grease trap. And to fill up the spray tank. I use it to hose down the sewer overflow on Seven Green. Y'all go pull in the water jugs and open the valves for the drinking fountains. But those fountains are connected to the hydraulic system. Yeah, I pump pulls straight out the lake. Well, it's still safer than water jugs. Well, I guess Ludell is cooking mushroom burgers again. How do you know? The back nine looks and sounds like Woodstock. I ate nine of them burgers. Nine. That's a funny word. Nine. Nine. You sound like Inga, my German girlfriend. Inga. 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 let's go surfing. Boo, we're like 500 miles from the ocean. Oh, look, there's waves on the lake. We can surf that. That's the parking lot. Police is here. Far out. Okay, we've been getting reports that a bunch of golfers are all hopped up on Ludell's mushroom burgers again. Yeah. I'll need at least a dozen burgers for evidence. You know, that beer cart girl is some kind of homely. That's Booth. Booth, you'd probably get more tips if you'd shave. And now it's story time. This one is called, What We Have Here is a Failure of Leadership. A long time ago, I was friends with an expert sled dog trainer and racer. His dogs were so good that eventually he retired from racing and went into breeding and training sled dogs. His dogs taught me an important secret of leadership. I was already familiar with key military techniques of good leadership like lead from the front and instill involuntary teamwork, but the sled dog theory worked really well. He told me that occasionally on a long race or an expedition, One of the dogs would sometimes get injured, and that dog was allowed to ride on the sled for a couple of days in order to heal up. But every now and then, once in a blue moon, an injured dog would get used to riding on the sled and sort of turn lazy, not really willing to work with the other dogs. The dog team could sense when the sled riding dog had transitioned from a worker to a parasite. And then one night, the other dogs would kill him and eat him. So I had an artist draw up a sled dog team on a big poster 
and I nailed it to the wall just above the time clock. Had ten dogs, one up front as the lead dog, and one riding on the sled, and eight others pulling the sled in the middle harnesses. If somebody on the crew was doing a great job, I affixed their name to the lead dog, and other members of the crew that were performing well were labeled from dogs two through eight. There was a great deal of concern among the crew to be one of the top dogs, especially the lead dog, because every Friday, I took the lead dog crew member with me to town and bought him a latte at Starbucks. Sometimes a crew member might slip backwards toward the rear and horror of horrors end up as the dog riding the sled. Too much time riding the sled and the crew got mighty irritated with that dog. I mean, the crew member. Once, a particular sled riding dog boasted that he was sitting in the break room watching The Price is Right while the rest of the dog team um, crew was airifying and laying sod or something like that. And the dog, uh, the crew attacked the sled rider. Buddy tried to break it up, but they were determined to, well, I don't know what they were determined to do, but it got pretty wild, and soon that sled riding dog quit. Now, I'm not suggesting you make a dog team chart, but I am telling you that allowing one team member to sow disharmony among the team by not pulling their share is not just that worker's fault. It's poor leadership. Of course, some will think the dog sled analogy is not realistic, but if you want a good example of what happens when the burden of work falls upon a hard-working few while the others lollygag around, just keep an eye on what happens after a few more months of modern work incentives used by the leaders of government, corporatism, and education. You've been listening to Rock Bottom Radio, broadcasting from deep in the turf net zone. Subscribe on iTunes or Stitcher for future episodes. 